This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. Twenty-four hours a day at oasiscityradio.com. Tune in, iHeartRadio, and the Oasis City Radio app. This is Oasis City Radio music. Oasis City Radio. This is Revive All with Oasis City Church Columbus, featuring pastors Bill Thamalaris and Adam Stewart. Hi, this is Bill Thamalaris, and you're listening to Revive All from Oasis City Church. Now get ready to hear an encouraging word from Bishop Joseph Garlington. It's been a busy time for us and uh, so glad to be here. Um, Your amazing pastors, the ones who are in Pittsburgh right now and the ones who are here, Adam and Tara, we just love those. The people that God has added to you, we've seen this from where you started and in the center here and and there's so much more that God has in store for you. We came back from Columbia, uh, and it was an amazing time there. But, you know, when you start moving out, you just start to feel like, okay, God, I know you said do this, and I thank you for the grace to do it. But I, I feel like those two drunks who were walking along the railroad track, and after a night of binging and um one guy said to that he said, "Man, this is the longest staircase I've been on in my life." And uh, <laughs> and the other guy said, "Well, he said these are the lowest handrails I've ever held on to." So life can can get distorted in some ways by by how you're journeying. But I'm glad to be here in this house, and thank you again to the creative team for all that you've done and. Um, I'd like to say that this is rehearsal. What you do here, you're getting ready for what God has called you to do outside. This is a training ground. And so the songs that you learn and uh, the messages that those songs have for you, they're intended to go beyond this place. And um, and, I, and I'm, I'm living in a day when I just feel like, God, you're up to something. You, you got to be up to something. And uh, you've heard the expression, uh, just before midnight, you know, you're, you're dealing with the dark, and the darkest time is just before dawn. And we're in a dark time. And um, a lot of things that we're seeing, we didn't think we'd ever see here in America. And uh, we're seeing them that it's everywhere now. We just say, I used to say, I'm glad I don't live there. And now I'm, I'm living there and I'm still here. So it's a wonderful world, but God is in charge and large, and he is loving us so much. I want to just share some thoughts with you, and um, I have a little more time to share the the thoughts, so I'll just talk slower. (laughs) But I want to take you to a text in Psalm 137. Psalm 137. And uh, I've chosen the King James translation because 
it's the first translation that I ever heard this, this text. So I like this one the best. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth or joy, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. Sing us, you know, that, that attitude. Sing us one of the songs of Zion, you guys, now that you're here with us enslaved. And their response was, well, how shall we sing the Lord's song in the strange land? The strange land can be geographical, it can be physical, it could be spiritual, it could be cultural, social, it could be political. I mean, it can be a number of things. And uh, the idea that we are always going to have it the way we like it. And so when people say, why do bad things happen to good people? That's because good people are the same in every world and they're exposed to the same kinds of things. But think about the, the strange land, the strange times that we're in. So I said, I've got a song. Say, I've got a song. Say it again. I've got a song. I've got a praise. I've got a song. Singing the Lord's song in a strange land in strange times. Strange land, strange times. Things that you thought would never happen in America are happening big time. And people are giving great assent to it. I was shocked uh, when your governor uh, took a position that he took. And I was really grateful when, when, uh, when they vetoed it. And you had enough people that his veto, they, they overruled it because people just say, and he's a good man. Everything about him that I've read, he's a good guy, but good guys make bad decisions sometimes. And you can't excuse the decision when it's not a great decision, but that's strange. And, and most of you here would, would, if you had said ahead of time, he would never do that, but he did. There are people who are doing things that you would say would never do that, and they're doing them. And the problem with these people, they're the Lord's people. And they're, they're saying, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land as though you can't? How can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? My wife and my son-in-law, they are sports fanatics. They love the Steelers. They love the Pirates. Sometimes they love them. But they're always rooting for them. And I'll come in the house and a game is going on and I'll say, how's the game going? And they'll say, we're losing. I said, is the game over? They said, no. I said, so, but we're losing. And so I said, look, if they're going to lose at the end, they're losing. But if they're going to win at the end, they're not losing. There are some things that you're experiencing. Do I owe you for this? Okay, all right. But if you're behind, it doesn't mean you're losing. 
And sometimes you feel like you're behind. The Amish have an expression, uh, the, the behinder I get. It's like I keep getting behind. But here, these people, they have this perspective that says it's all over. We're in a strange land. And so essentially, they, they have given up. They have taken their instruments of worship and they've hung them up. That when people have made up their mind, I think there's a, an amazing psychiatrist who spent some significant time in the, uh, in the camps, the concentration camps in Germany, and he observed human behavior. And he came to this conclusion. He said, the last right that you have is to determine what kind of attitude you're going to have in any given situation. Your last right. He said, I observed that when people who were in prison gave up their soup for cigarettes, they were saying, I've given up. And I think many of us have given up because we don't really, we don't really believe the Bible. We don't believe that the Bible deals with good stuff and bad stuff and hard times and good times. Some of the hard times you didn't deserve, some of the hard times you did deserve. But the problem is that you're in it. I say, God, would you bless me? He says, sure. And so he blesses you. And then you say, but God, my roof is leaking. He said, yeah, roof's leak. Even for Christians. Uh, I don't know if you don't understand, <laughs> understand that. But I'm, I'm thinking about all the things that God does for us that we ignore because we think, well, he just ought to do that. But then it's no longer there. And when it's no longer there, we just wondering, okay, did you tithe? Did you pray? Did you memorize? How many of you memorize Psalm 24 in the English Standard Version? I mean, in 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 Pittsburgh, we were told to do that. I don't <laughs> I have memory cards, you know, the kind that you develop when you're doing Greek, and I, and I got mine down pat. But the problem is that when they say, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Psalm 24, verse 1, for those who have memorized at least the first verse, <laughs> can say with me, the earth is the devil's. What? How, how about the strange land? Is that his too? The earth is the Lord's and fullness thereof, the world and... Are oh, you cheating because they put it up on the screen there? They go into this place and just because it's strange, it doesn't mean God's not there. Just because you are uncomfortable, just because you're having to learn something different, I, I did pretty good when I was studying Greek because Greek and uh, English are pretty close together. Hebrew and, and English, they're not close together at all. I mean, I understood imperfect tense and perfect tense and past tense and, and I, all, all of those pieces, present tense, past, imperfect, all those. I, I learned more about English studying Greek uh, than I did when I was learning about English. But once you come into a whole new language form that requires you to learn how to write backwards and to use symbols that 
you wouldn't recognize if you were sober when you wrote them. And so you're looking, you're looking at all this stuff. And I, when I was taking Hebrew, I didn't take Hebrew. Hebrew took me. And, and I was studying it, and I was, I was hard at it. And I, one day I came into the, the bedroom of I was asleep. I was studying for this test. And uh, I'm just struggling. I'm struggling. And so I, I said, Barbara, would you pray for me? My chest is hurting. She said, it's that Hebrew, honey. <laughs> But there are moments in your life when you are in a place and you got to learn a whole new method. You got to learn if you're in the United Kingdom, you got to learn how to drive on the other side of the road. And you have to be careful when you step off the curb because you got to learn that there's a new paradigm that's being developed. And all of that's going on in the strange land. And when God is trying to teach us in the strange land, he's saying to us, I can teach you some things and I'm going to give you some things. And it just so happens that I'm going to give you a song before you get to the land. Have you discovered that there are things that God can teach you? What, you've got a favorite song? What's your favorite song? It's because what I'm saying to you, your favorite song is probably going to be something that you will need out there. The one that you're liking, the one that's speaking to you, the one that's so deep, it's going deep in your heart. And you're saying, God, thank you, thank you. God. I love that song. That's my thing. Oh, they're playing my song. And then one day you find yourself in a place in which that song now begins to say, it begins to say something to you that you didn't know the song was saying. When I was in Fuller, I, was, I received a, a gift of a, a recording by Twyla Parrish, and the song was, Do I Trust You, Lord? And um, sometimes my little heart doesn't understand what's in your will, what's in your plan. Lately, I've been trying to find, ask you why. And the song was, do I trust you, Lord? Do the robins sing? Do I trust you, Lord? Does it rain in spring? You can see my heart. You can. And I would lie on the floor and I'd study and I would sing that song. And I would go and I'd sing that song and I'd turn the radio on and the song would be playing. And it was like, it's, that song is... But you know what the Bible says? He will surround you with songs of deliverance. It's like no matter where you are, that song is there. It's there. It said you bought that new car and no one had it before you bought it. And now that you got it, everybody got, everybody got one. And so you're looking at those things. And so here's the song. In fact, one day I said, this is crazy. Let me see if they're playing the song. I turned the radio on in the middle of the night and the song was playing. I said, okay. Then that's when you say to God, you trying to tell me something? <laughs> no, I'm not trying. God doesn't try anything. And he was telling me something. Son, do you trust me? Because I was living the dream. And God had paid for it. I mean, big time. He had paid for it so that I had enough money to pay for all of our expenses through seminary and even to help some other folks go to seminary. And I thought, this is so good. And then in the middle of the dream, somebody say in the middle of the dream. In the middle of the dream, he said to me, well, she said, he said to her. But what he said to her was, you guys are going back to Pittsburgh. Now that was a year before we were supposed to go anywhere, let alone Pittsburgh. And she said to the Lord, you're going to have to tell Joseph because he won't hear that from me. And he did tell me. I didn't like it. 
Have you ever seen a grown man cry? I did. I mean, I cried. In fact, I, I, when I cried, I told God, I just, I said, God, I'm so disappointed in you. It's something like that. And here's the thing. I have found out that no matter how you feel about God and what you internalize in terms of your thinking, he still knows. Your thoughts are as loud in heaven as your words are. God isn't suspecting what you believe. He's not suspicious. He's not trying to figure it out. He already knows. When you confess to him, you're not telling him something he hasn't heard before. What you're saying to him is that, God, I'm in agreement with you. And so we ended up back in Pittsburgh, the last place I wanted to be. But there I was in the will of God. And I was crying and I told God, God, you just pulled the rug out from under me. And he says, son, in all of, re in all of redemptive history, have I ever failed anybody? This is 1985. I don't know where you were in 85. I know you weren't saved, but, <laughs> but I'm glad you are now, girl. 1985, I'm just having this pity party. And I said, God, I just feel like you failed me. And he says, son, in all the redemptive history, have I ever failed anybody? And I said, no. He said, then why would I start with you? Make an example. I've never failed anybody before. I'm going to make you an example. He, he, he hasn't. And so I'm thinking about the songs that God has given me in seasons that when I got into the place where I needed the song, I was prepared to sing the song in the strange land. Whatever your strange land is, it's, well, I didn't anticipate that we were going to have five babies. I thought it was going to be two. I didn't anticipate I was going to lose my job. I didn't anticipate that we were going to get this, this diagnosis from the doctor. That's the strange land. I didn't anticipate that we were going to have the kind of president we have. That's the strange land. <laughs> this, I, I'm not being political. I'm just being naughty. <laughs> The earth is the Lord's. I can sing anywhere if I choose to sing. And the issue for us is, will you sing? It's not, what, I mean, it's like eventually you're going to sing whether you want it or not. You're going to sing. And finally, God can extract from you what he wants from you. And God, I said, God, how did you do that? How, how did you do? How did you get me here? What, what is it that you're doing in the earth? I read this, and I'm going to read it to you. This little boy. This is April 23rd, 2014. USA Today. Earlier this month, police say a man kidnapped then nine-year-old Willie Myrick from his southwest Atlanta driveway. He allegedly drove the boy around for some time before dropping him off unharmed in East Point. Willie's actions during those terrifying three hours are inspiring people around the country. Willie says he sang the gospel song. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship. Every praise. For three hours. For three hours. He sang it until the man let him go. 
in front of a crowded sanctuary at Mount Carmel Baptist, Willie recounted the moment he was freed from the car. Willie said while he was singing, the man kept cursing and telling him to shut up before eventually kicking him out. He opened the door, Willie said, and threw me out and said, don't tell anybody. Well, he did. What's the song that God has given you? What do you suspect? Your favorite song is there for a reason out there someplace. I go to prepare a place for you. Before you get there, I'm going to give you something so that you are prepared for the prepared place. They went to Babylon. They had no idea that somebody in their number would become an official voice to the world empire ruler called Nebuchadnezzar. Joseph went to a strange land to become the voice to the world ruler called Pharaoh. Somewhere in your journey, God is going to take what he has given you and use it in another place. And you got to sing in that moment. You got to tell God, it's all about you. Just want to praise you forever and ever and ever and you could just that's your attitude how about this i still have joy in oh really i've got peace that <laughs> what is chaos chaos according to mr saramango chaos is merely order waiting to be deciphered Chaos isn't crazy. Chaos is created. And the idea that I'm thinking, this is crazy. It, well, it's crazy until it's not crazy. Oh, this is not crazy. Chaos. Somebody take chaos. Order waiting to be deciphered. You're in the middle of something and you can't figure it out. John Arnott was standing looking at a woman on the floor and she was sobbing like her world had come to an end. I mean, crying. He said, he stood there in trance. He was, he was amazed, transfixed with what was going on. He said, and all of a sudden, she started laughing hysterically. Just crazy laughter. And he says, he was just a surprise. And he's listening to her, watching her. He couldn't wait to ask her what was going on. She, she, when she stood up, he said, could you tell me what happened to you? What was going on? You were crying so hard. She said, when, when you prayed for me, I had this memory of what happened to me when I was a, a child and I was going through uh, Catholic school and I was going to have my first communion and my mother bought me a white dress and I said, where are my white shoes? And she said, I couldn't afford them. You're going to, have to wear the black ones. She said, Mom, they'll make fun of me. It's, it's not going to be good. She said, Honey, I can't afford it. You got to wear the black shoes. And so she wore the, wore the black shoes and they made fun of her. I mean, she said, It was terrible. She said, I can remember it. And I was lying on the floor. And she says, And it all came back to me. And I just I sobbed. I, I did then what I couldn't do. He said, Yes, but then you started laughing. She said, the reason I started laughing was because as I was lying there, I had a vision of Jesus walking up to me while I was crying. And he started smiling. And I said, Jesus, why are you smiling in my pain? And she said, he had on this beautiful white robe and he pulled it up and he had on black shoes. Chaos is order waiting to be deciphered. 
chaos is a moment that you look back on and you say, you know, God was in that the whole time. There's this, this baseball guy who was a commentator. We could be behind or you could be behind in your game. And at, at the ninth inning, they would win. And even though they were losing for eight innings, in the ninth inning, somebody would hit it and he would come on and he would say, and we had them all the way. <laughs> Look, can I tell you that God wants to put something in you that will resound and resonate in you for the season that you are coming to. He gives me a song. Let me just read these passages of scripture to you. I love them. He says, but none, Job says it like this. None says, where is God my maker who gives songs in the night? Psalm 42, 8 says, by day the Lord commands his steadfast love and at night his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. Psalm 77, verse 6. I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit may a diligent search. Isaiah says, you shall have a song as in the night when the holy thesis kept and gladness of heart as when one sets out to the sound of the flute to go to the mountain of the Lord, to the rock of Israel. What I love about this passage is says, and the Lord will, he will repay Assyria for what they have done to you, and he will do it to the sound of beating of tamarinds and harps. Can you imagine that God is working on your enemy through your song? He's working on your enemy through your keys. He's working on your enemy through your drum playing, through your clapping hands. So when brother says clap, 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 we don't realize that clap is not just an effect. It is a power. It releases something. Shout for the Lord has given you the victory. Shout for the victory. You praise God. Why are you celebrating? Because we're on the winning side. I don't know where that side is. I don't know how we're going to get out of here, but I know that God is in this. Isaiah 54 verse 1 says, Sing, O barren one, who do not, I don't feel like singing. Sing anyway. Well, it's just hard. Sing anyway, it's hard. Sing. Sing, God is good and his, and his mercy endures forever. Go ahead and say, I don't believe in all that. Yeah, you, you guys are religious, you're phony. Yes, but can I tell you, there will come a moment when you'll realize I've got one alternative, and that's to worship, and that's to tell God how good he is. Jesus hanging on the cross sings a psalm. A 22nd Psalm. Jesus is singing that psalm on the cross. Sing, barren one. He said, well, why should I sing? I'm barren. Sing. Sing, O barren one who did not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. Break forth. Just break out and start singing. Break out. Because sometimes you can't get out until you break out and you can't break out until you sing a breakout song Paul and Silas are in jail they had had the snot beaten out of them they were tied up and it was like okay you can be in jail but the Bible says Jeremiah was in jail but the word of the Lord came to him 
Because Paul said the word of the Lord is not bound. Your circumstances doesn't keep God from getting to you. Your circumstances don't tell you that it's all over. Sometimes your circumstances are saying, what you want to do now? You want to break out this way or you want to break out the other way? And in the middle of that problem, the Bible says at midnight. What's your midnight? What's your dark time of the soul? What's the season that you're in that says, man, I never thought anything like this could happen to me. I thought I would give, I would retire and they would give me my go. And now they fired me and I can't even get my pension. And you're looking at all of that and you're saying to God, God, didn't you know? And God won't answer you because he's too slow. He is. He's slow. And I told him that one day. I said, God, I've been waiting for this thing a long time. This prophecy's been, I said, this is a 20-year-old prophecy. You're slow. He said, I am. I am. He said, but how about slow to anger? I said, okay. All right, I'm done. In jail for preaching the gospel? In jail because you had a vision that somebody in Macedonia, Philippi was saying, come here. And you go there and God starts to move and change things and you start casting out demons and people don't like it. And the next thing you know, they have beaten you and you're in jail, in prison, unlawfully, illegally, contrary to the Constitution. <laughs> the devil doesn't care about the Constitution. And they're in jail. They're in jail. And then the Bible says, but at midnight. Oh, come on, somebody. There will be a midnight for you. And you can determine before you get to that midnight how you're going to respond in the midnight hour that there's something that God can do for you. And the Bible says they begin to sing and to pray and they sang so loud that the other prisoners heard them. And here's what he says. Break forth with singing now you you could have been silas who said to paul tell me about that dream you had again you know the one that said come over here to macedonia is you show is <laughs> you show that god said macedonia and he said show i'm show I am so show that I'm not regretting it. Now, can we get on with the rest of the service? Can we start to praise God? Can we start to praise God? Can we start to change something in our atmosphere? Can, can, we, can we change a jail atmosphere by singing the song that says, this is no longer a foreign land. This is no longer a strange land. This is the land where God wanted to get us to because he had a jailer and his family that he needed to give ministry to. The, the, the prisoners hurt. See, you, you are surrounded by prisoners who need to hear you sing a different song. See, when they start, when they start singing the song of inflation, sing the song of high interest sing the song of not enough when they start singing and you say yeah 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 look you don't believe that do you why are you giving why are you tithing why are you saying jehovah jireh my provider 
Come on. What's that song? Jehovah Jireh, my provide. Is sufficient for me, for me, for me. Sing that song at the grocery store. Sing that song when you say, I don't think I have enough. Sing that song when you're moving from the land of not enough to I don't have anything at all. And that's when you go to God and you say, God, did you say come here? Yes. And did you know all of this was going to take place before I got here? Yes. Why did you send me here? Because I needed you to know that there is a guy who is in prison and he's in prison because he runs the prison and he's desperately in need of the kingdom of God. And the only way you'll meet him is that you got to go to jail. And, and then God says, I like that song. I think I'll come down there and see what it's like. And he puts on his earthquake boots and he walks into the jail and the doors spring open. The bonds are loose and the jailer comes in because he thinks it's all over. And he says, I'm killing myself. And Paul said, we're still here. We're still here. You can sing the song of the Lord in a strange land. But you got to make up your mind to do it. You got to come to the place where you just simply say, God, you brought us here. You didn't bring us out to take us back again. You brought us into the promised land. And so you begin to rejoice in what he's given you. You understand? Let me just tell you about this song. Any song that God gives you. When he gives you that song, he has something in mind for you. The song is preparing you. The song is getting you ready for what he already has ready for you. When Elijah was told by the Lord, go lie by the brook and I will have the ravens feed you. And he did. And then the water ran out. And then God said to him, go to Zarephath, for I have commanded a widow to take care of you. Well, what is Zarephath? Zarephath is the, is the land of the enemy. He's in Sidon. Sidon is where Jezebel is from. Jezebel is looking all over for him and God is hiding him in her neighborhood. And he said to him, I have commanded a poor woman to take care of you. There's a song that God's given you that is preparing you for a season in which you may think I'm lost and God is saying, no, you're found. You may think I'm undone and God is saying, no, I've got you. I've got you. I've got you. Look at somebody say, God's got you. Say it again. God's got you. And the moment you embrace this, you begin to celebrate him. You begin to tell him how good he is. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. You'll hear a prophet say to you, it may look like you're surrounded. Ah, uh, but greater are those who are with you than those. And look, when you start to celebrate God in your worst circumstance, it doesn't take a whole lot. You could take one little song and say, for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. For the, what about right now? But the Lord is good, but my knees hurt, but the Lord is good. Shauna was six years old. And we were coming home from a Bible study in which I had been preaching on faith. And she was in the back of the station wagon on her hands and knees, just rocking back and forth. And she was making this confession. My head is hurting. My head is hurting. And I got frustrated. And I said, stop saying that. 
Maddie, what should I say? And her brother spoke up. He's just a bit older than her. He says, Shauna, don't say my head is hurting. Say, I believe I'm healed. I believe I'm healed. And she said, I believe I'm healed. I believe I'm healed, but my head is still hurting. Do you understand? It's not a contradiction to confess your victory, even though it seems like you're going down. It's not a contradiction to say, I believe I'm healed, even though you're hurting, because the song of the Lord says, this is what I'm here for. This is what God's called me to do. I want to praise him. I want to celebrate him. I want to tell him, you are a good God. You are a good God. And there's something deep inside of you. You're you're saying, well, I'm going to hang my harp on the willow. And then the song says, come on, my soul. Come on, my soul. Look at it. Say, come on, my soul. The problem with us is that we don't realize the soul is the seat of the intellect, the emotion, and the will. My emotions... The Holy Spirit here can say something to me and my head will say, are you sure? God, are you in this? Is that really you, Lord? The Spirit of God. And here's what, here's the problem. When, when your spirit says we need to do something, your soul will interact with your spirit saying, I'm not sure. I'm just not sure. But here's what Mary said. My soul is magnifying the Lord right now. It's magnifying the Lord. Present tense. My soul is magnifying. Why, Mary? She said, because my spirit has already rejoiced. There is something that has to proceed. And you got to say to your soul, I'm in charge. My spirit man's in charge. Not my intellect, not my emotions, not my will. If you have a chance, you need to say to yourself, say, Come on, soul. Talk bad to it. Shape it up. Shape up. Come on, soul. You got a lion inside of you. And your soul says, you really think it's going to be okay? Don't pay attention to that pipsqueak voice. Because you got a lion inside of you. You got a lion inside of you. And that lion wants to break out. Stand, please. There's a... It's called a... It's called a side song. It's not really a whole song, but it's, it's enough to get something going. It's... Say, I. Say, I got a praise. And I got to get it out. I got to praise. Say, I. I got to praise. And I got to get it out. I got to praise. I got to praise. I got to praise. And I got to get it out. I got to praise. I got to praise. I got to praise. And I got to get it out. I got to praise. I gotta praise to you, 
Okay, hold on a second now. We got 28 minutes, seconds to get it out. Whatever it is he's giving you, get it out. Whatever you have, get it out. If you don't know what it is, say, God, tell me what it is so I can get it out. Say, ah, ah, I got to praise. I got to praise and I got to get it out. I got to praise. Lift your voice. more information about Oasis City Church, you can text more OC, M-O-R-E-O-C to 94,000, more OC to 94,000. You can also visit our website, oasiscitychurch.com. We'd love to see you in person. We'd love to connect with you. Thanks for joining us today for Revival. If you'd like to find out more about the church that brought you this program, check out oasiscitychurch.com and look up our social media and live stream on YouTube. Oasis City Columbus is a diverse church that celebrates all cultures and backgrounds no matter where you've been because that's the way the kingdom of heaven is. We invite you to join us Sundays at our main campus in Westerville right off I-270 on East Wind Drive. And you can find all the details at the oasiscitychurch.com website. Thanks for listening today. Revive All is a presentation of Oasis City Church Columbus.